Hello, and welcome to Ticket to Game Hedge, the podcast that discusses the science of how to get your friends and family to like our favorite band, Fish. We'll share stories from the community on how people discovered Fish and what makes this band so damn special. So join us as we stamp your ticket to Game Hedge. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my great friend, Kresha. All right, and here we go with episode six of Ticket to Game Hedge, Fist Raised in the Air. Absolutely. Uh, the podcast where we discuss... Exciting. Uh, the su- What's that? It's exciting. I like it. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, six episodes in. Uh, we're going to discuss quite a few things today. Um, what happened there? I don't know. I don't know. You kind of went uh, a little bit dark. Hmm. Weird. Okay. Anyway, um, I'll hit pause. We'll just start over. No big deal. Not even. Keep it in. Who cares? Okay, cool. No big deal. Okay, so uh, first thing I want to do is talk a little bit about the post that you put out on Reddit the other day, and I'm still processing it, so I'm glad we're going to have the chance to talk about it. Uh, I'm going to read it right here because I have it in front of me. So, uh, Yeah, so it had one upvote, me, um, <laughs> three comments. It wasn't me. I think you were two of them. But that's okay, because I think it's a really good discussion point. And, and I think for me, I kind of didn't know where to start. And, but it's really interesting. So I'm going to read it here. Uh, How to get your friends into fish, part nine, Crentis the dentist. It appears, and there's data to support this, that we humans are more likely to find a career based on our name. The study cites evidence that there are dispositionally more dentists named Dennis than any other name. I wonder if this is true for fish. I wonder if you have an F or a PH in your name or you're named after fish lore if you're truly more likely to like the band. What do you think? So I had seen this reference somewhere before, but I'll be honest, I don't really know a ton of information about it. And since then, I've been thinking about different um, uh, uh, career paths and what the matching names might potentially be with it. So um, yeah, I mean, where do you want to, like, let's dive into this because I'm really, really curious to know what we know about oh, it. Maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe some context, right? Sure. Usually clarity helps. So I, uh, you know, like we mentioned before, I mean, I, uh, I like human, I like psychology. I like marketing. I'm in, you know, I mean, I have a business. I have multiple yeah. businesses. Uh, I have to learn how to influence people um and you know more you know ethically influence them right like it's not a manipulation right it's not i'm gonna say like these magic words and try to manipulate into doing you doing something i'm more interested in creating you know like we talked about it before that that experience where you're like i'm gonna go buy these nike shoes Mm. right versus oh you know uh the gap sent me an email and they're having a sale and because they're having a sale i'm gonna go shopping right at the gap, right? That's a, that's a form. I mean, it's ethical to me. That's a form of manipulation, right? They're, they're giving you a lower price. And now as a result, you're in on that versus a really solid brand like Nike or Starbucks, where it's by far the most expensive product, but you're like, I don't really give a shit. I'm going to buy this anyways. Sure. Right. So I've always been into stuff like that. Uh, and Michael Cialdini, who is like the father of influence, right? Has all these studies and all these, he's written three books that are all excellent. And this is from the power of getting somebody to say yes. Mm. So just looking at, and I think the goal is to become relatable to the person that you're trying to influence, right? And this is just data to support that in the sense that, you know, you love the sound of your name so much that Mm. you're willing to pick a career that sounds more like your name than the average person would. Interesting. Mm. That's the only point. That was the, mm. 
sole purpose of posting this? That really, it is really just the sound of your own name. And yeah. it's subconsciously going around in there and you start to make attachments unknowingly. Like that's the whole idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm. look at so the, okay. you know, if, if I were to go into a, into a group of people and try to get, number one, you could never get everybody's attention, right? So the idea that you're going to get everyone is ridiculous, right? Mm. But I could get a group of people's names or I could get, I just gave the answer. I could give a group of people's attentions very quickly just by saying their name. We love the sound of our name. Right? When you hear Adam, you turn your head. When you hear somebody else talking to another Adam, your attention is... I agree, but I'll be honest. I don't know if we've ever discussed this. Up until my, I would say, mid-20s, I didn't like my name. I really didn't. Yeah. I, and I don't really have a good explanation as to why. Not that I know, but I, uh, if you remember, in my younger 20s, everybody called me donor. And that was, by, and that was me introducing myself and telling that's what I prefer to be called. Oh, you did a um, I guess so. Yeah. And then the only, the only time my name sounded right when somebody would say it was that I'm going to date myself was back in the day when the phone would ring and you wouldn't know who was on the other end and I would pick it up and they would say, Hey, is Adam there? That was the only time that it sounded normal to me. If somebody was trying to get my attention in the room, Hey, Adam passed me the salt. I didn't like that. I'm mm -hmm. fine with it now. I'm fine with it now, but I wonder if, uh, if I went down a different career path because I didn't like my name during those years. <laughs> That's, it's crazy hearing you say that. I thought, I, dude, I think your name is great. I think your name is power. Hey, I have no problem with it now. And, and, and I don't know if it was just an identity crisis or what it was. But uh, yeah, and, and I remember when I told my mom that um, she was really upset. Because obviously, you know, as a parent, you put a lot of thought into naming your uh, kid. And the fact that I was almost named Jamal, whole other story. Um, yeah. Yeah, both my older brother and I were almost named Jamal. So, okay, real quick. My dad uh, uh, spent uh, six months in Africa in the mid-70s. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, just on like a discovery journey, that whole thing. Caught malaria while he was there. Uh, had some interesting experiences. And when he uh, came home within a year. The story on the bus was the best. <laughs> You don't want to yeah. look at that suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Africa. <laughs> so, uh, but he, he fell in love with African culture while he was there. Yeah. Met, met, met my mom within a year of coming home. You know, they dated for a couple of years and got married. And when my older brother came along in 78, uh, he was adamant that he wanted, if it was going to be a boy, he wanted him to be named Jamal. And my mom, and I guess in her traditional thinking was, was no, I'm not going to have a son named Jamal. They, they fought over it for a bit. My mom won the first round in 78. When I came along two years later, the same, the same argument happened. Wow. Yeah. And my mom won again. And by the time my little brother came along two years after me, he had given up and it was just Michael, Adam, Jeffrey. So yeah, can you imagine? Gracious <laughs> and Jamal. If Fertel's youngest sister was a boy, she would have been Tyrone. There you go. So Tyrone. <laughs> Tyrone. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, this, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to pay attention to that to see if I can uh, make any connections just in my own life about people that have chosen that. I'm it's trying to think of all the people that I've worked with. It's not a massive percentage, right? It's, like, it's not a massive percentage, but it's statistically significant. Right. Right. It's not like, right. you know, it's not like every Chris is a chiropractor. Right. Do you, but do you know many Chris's? Like, are there a lot in your field? I, I know Chris is in the field. I'm not saying like that means that, you know, that yeah. means anything, right? Like it would be hard yeah. to, it would be hard to design an experiment. Sure. 
you know, on this. Yeah, but it is an interesting concept, simply due to liking the sound of our own name. Wow. Or last name, I wonder. Or middle name, I wonder. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. You know, you're, you're predisposed, right? And, and I think that's kind of the point. So if, if you're going to go into a, a place where you need to influence or leverage, then, you know, all, all I'm saying is people like the sound of their own name. Right. So if my name was Fred, I'd probably really enjoy the dead. Is that the idea? Like I'm more likely to potentially like the game. No, that was a very obvious segue, but um, I wonder, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to pay attention to that and see if I can find out more information because I find that really a really fascinating topic. That even somebody that's, that's created that connection and discovered that, I think that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, but so the dead. So last week, um, I wanted to talk about the dead specifically because of all the comparisons that people draw to the culture and the fan base and the fanatical touring. And, um, you know, we can go on and on. But truthfully, I, I, I don't really know their music that well. I bought the American Beauty album way back in the 1900s. Um, and I've listened to it many, many times. Like, I know those songs. Um, but, you know, after our discussion last week, I, I, I made an effort to listen to The Dead over the past week. And uh, I really, really liked it. Really it's liked awesome. it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously I went in with a very open mind. Um, your comment last week about, I think it was the quote from Amar Guitar that, you know, fish, uh, that the dead, the deadheads are the only group of fans that get excited over songs that are 30 beats a minute. <laughs> and I kind of noticed that. I think I went into it with that mentality. and. So I started with Cornell 77. That was your recommendation. Yeah. I, uh, I played it on my way home from work late uh, Tuesday night last, last week. First, first couple of tracks, I'm like, I don't know the names of the songs. I'm not even going to sit here and try to pretend. But the first couple of tracks kind of felt like, okay, yeah, this is, this is pretty standard fare for a 70s rock band. and It's kind of going well. And then the third, fourth track, I think when they started to loosen up and started to groove and started to jam with one another, that's when I really started to feel it. I could really start to get a sense of, the environment, them really listening to each other, playing off of each other. It really, it really piqued my interest. Um, and it sounded great. So I got through, I think, three quarters of that the first night, finished it the Wednesday morning. Wednesday, I was off and I started watching Long, Long Strange Trip. Nice. The, the six part, four or six part documentary. I'm not finished it yet, but I'm over, over halfway. And I love that stuff. I oh, love that stuff. It's so like I can watch Bittersweet Motel once a month, right? I, I, I love the behind the scenes, the creating of the music, the, the, the roadies, the ramrod, all those other guys, right? Like I just, just, just incredible. And, you know, through watching that, you, you really, really see how a band like that paved the way for a band like Fish to operate in the way that they, that they do, you know, the, 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 the way that the, their live shows were set up, like, like all of it. Um, from there, I listened to all of Europe 72, which I enjoyed, but not nearly as much because from what I can gather, they're essentially just soundboard recordings and there's no, there's no sound of the fans in there. Like you can't hear the crowd, which for me and a live experience, for me, that's pretty important. And I didn't realize how important it was until later that day, I was listening to Fish from June 6th of 2009 mm -hmm. and uh, set, set to the penultimate song in the set one of my favorite words, penultimate. I don't get many opportunities to use it in a sentence. It is an incredible word. I'll give you that. It's a very British word, right? The Brits always find a way to use it. But uh, so they started into possum. And, you know, there's the long buildup and intro into possum. And they finally hit the hammer and they're, and they're going. Yeah, and, yeah. You're, and, and you're getting to the part 
where Mike is about to start singing. But the band decides, no, we're going to jam it out for another 12, 12 oh, bars. I love crowd, crowd, crowd goes nuts. They recognize it right away. And I thought in, in, in that moment, I thought, oh, okay, they were just cheering because Mike was about to start singing. They got it wrong. It's kind of what I thought at first. Right. So they, they jam it out for a little bit longer. And then it gets to the point where Mike starts singing. Mike starts singing. No, no reaction from the audience, from the crowd. And that's when I realized that that's a really savvy, smart crowd that knows that just excited about getting 12, 12, 12 more bars of jamming, you know, and I missed that when I listened to Europe 72. But luckily, uh, you, we were talking on August 27th, you said this is the anniversary of a classic dead show from 72. So I yeah. went on that, uh, on, on that addicts app and side note, what a gift that is. Oh, shit. Like, Incredible. Like, Come on. I mean, what? I, I expected to go on there and find, um, you know, uh, uh, tapes that were, you know, recorded by fans from the polls and the stands and yeah. listen to countless numbers of tapes from different bands over the years and finding sound, soundboard recordings, more than one version, more, more than one edit. It is just, just a mecca. So, yeah, I listened to 82772 even with the stage announcements and all the things going on and how hot it was. <laughs> it was like, children? Like yeah. nonchalant, uh, yeah, we got some mixing kids. I was like, what? The first time I heard that, right? You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. my kids lost that Grateful Dead show with like hundreds of, you know, 100,000 people. I know. It's, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, it definitely takes me back to a different time. Um, but really, yeah, I mean, over the past week, I've I've uh, kind of put fish on the back burner and I've, and I've been listening to more of the dead and I'm starting, I'm starting to get it by no means am I, you know, uh, where many dead deadheads are, but yeah, great band. I get it. Like, I see why everybody would like it. I want to know. So coming back to that moment in Possum, when I hear those moments in the dead shows and the fans react, I have no idea what it's about, but it made that kind of thing makes me want to go like, what's going on here? I, I, I need to listen to more of it. So yeah, great, great. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep listening. It's, it's good. So if you have any other recommendations or things you can toss it my way, I'll be in. Again, I think you should, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, listen, I, you know, it, I, and now looking back, you know, like we talked about last week, you know, like what the dead did first and, and it's one yeah. thing to like, like those were like leaps and bounds, you know, like yeah. to, to do that kind of stuff, right? Like it's one thing now to be like, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna control the tickets and I'm gonna allow people to tape my live performances. Mm-hmm. Like they legitimately didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Like you'll see yeah. in the documentary, like, you know, and, and this definitely comes through, we talked about this with Fish, like they didn't give a crap about anything but the music. Like, did you get to the wall of sound yet? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. Like, and I think I've, I've right seen images of that. Of speakers. Right. Right. right? Because they were... Sound awesome. And, and, that, and that was exactly it. It wasn't a, um, like a pissing contest to be the loudest band. Like, I know that The Who and The Beatles and The Stones kind of got into a battle like that back in the 70s. But these guys were more concerned about the experience, being a live band. Well, that just goes to show you, you know, like the the importance of authenticity right like it wasn't we're gonna go against like any other band it was just we're gonna be the best version of like the dead that we can be right and i mean even more credit to fish to be like hey you know we're getting compared to the dead you know but we don't care we're just gonna be the best fish that we can be yeah and again coming back to that simon Sinek, people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it 
Yeah, and uh, if you build it, they will come. It almost kind of, kind of, kind of reminds me of that, right? So, so if you go back. I would, uh, I would just recommend just listening to like the various different, like pick a show from the '80s. You know, look yep. up, like, hey, what are the best? You know, pick a show from the '90s. You know, I, I, I don't love those shows, but a lot of people do. They mean a lot to them. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And with that app, with it all being as available as it is, oh, it's just it's what a time to be alive. And then you'll you get know? to hear like. You know, and 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 some songs like you know like when like Fish started doing like a slow llama, mm-hmm. like the Dead has like lots of songs like that. Where yeah. like sometimes it's like a ripper, and then other times you're like like Sugary is a great example. You're like, oh my god, this is the slowest version ever. And the next time they play, you're like, oh my god, this is a rocking song. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Um, also crazy too to think about how well they performed under all those drugs, like like all the LSD that was going around and these acid trips that they were doing and like, 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 like playing full shows while tripping out and I trying to keep it together. How, it's crazy. I mean, Jerry is the only one that didn't keep it together, right? Like let's, let's be clear. Well, and the, some of the keyboard players, right. Cause they all, they passed away, but it seems like the rest, and I don't know this. So this is just, I wonder how many, I wonder when, when they stopped using like the, the rest of the band, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sure somebody knows. I'm sure really, a really keen listener might be able to tell. Because, like, if you see know. pictures of Bobby Weir right now, he looks incredible, man. Like, he's yeah. jacked up. He looks healthy. Yeah. He trains. I'm like, dude, you're awesome. And he's 70 what? Like, probably mid to least. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. in his 80s. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that after all those years, I mean, obviously, we're halfway there. But, um, you know, you hear the stories about Eric – Eric Clapton's fingers, you know, he's getting getting arthritis and he can't play the guitar the way that he used to, right? The fact that those guys can still get up and do it, or the Stones for that matter, it makes me nervous about time and what it does to the body and how long fish can just physically do it, you know, because at some point, something's going to happen and they won't be able to. It makes me well, sad to already, think about that. But You can already make the argument that, you know, I, I've heard it said like, I've heard somebody wrote it like this, you know, that Trey's lost a bit on the fastball. Now, whether Maybe. Right. Or whether he chooses, you know, maybe he doesn't want to throw that hard anymore, that which would be a different story or, you know, but whatever. It still sounds awesome well, to me. So, so I, I guess without, you know, I don't play the guitar, how like physically demanding is it? Is it just, the, is it the strength in the fingers? Is it like, what is it that would go that would potentially inhibit somebody from being able to continue on with the machine gun style? Like, well, dude, it's neurological, right? Like it's a pattern that you learn. Right, like everybody, okay. unless you have like some type of disease, everybody's physically strong enough to learn right. you know, to play the guitar. You can push the notes. It's just not everyone has that type of nerve system or that those mechanics because he has extremely long fingers. Right. To develop that reach or to play that fast. Right. It's it's yeah. just like it's just like how some people can jump higher than other people. Right. Yeah. It's it's explosiveness, which is which is force and time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you got to have the muscle fibers in the nerve system to, to be able to play like that. Are we talking about fast twitch glycolytic fibers? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever, I don't think anyone has ever inserted a needle into a guitar player's hand to withdraw muscle tissue to say, what muscle type do you have in your hands? And does that, you know, does the rate of speed depend on that? Right. Interesting. Well. Either way, Trey's still choosing excellent notes. And in my opinion, yeah. what made him where he is is the, the, the note choices that he makes. I agree. I agree. It's not, it's not like, and we've talked about that, right? I mean, guys like Steve I, you know, these like, they're amazing. But when it comes to composing and writing and 
all the other stuff that goes into making music. It's a totally different, different avenue there. So cool. Um, let's jump gears a little bit and, and, and look at the, the top three question that I put out this past week were the top three openers, top three show openers specifically, because I'm going to be posting soon about the top three set two openers. And I think I'm curious to see the differences in response because, um, yeah, I just think it's going to be different. So, um, and with this one, for the first time, I when I posted my top three, I put in some specific dates, hoping to prompt other people to to put in some openers. And there was a really, really good response. Um, so my top three were Fluffhead from 3-6-2009, the return show, the first 3.0 show. And I put that in mainly because two reasons. Any Fluffhead opener is great. Like any time the show opens with that, it's it's what are we in for? And for the record, that first set, like that, I think it goes Fluffhead and then um, either David Bowie or Divided Sky or like back to back for their comeback show, which was amazing. Second one, and this for me is a special one. When I was starting to get back on the train with you a year ago, I had found some fish videos and I got uh, New Year's Eve from 2017. First time I'd really heard Karini when I put that on and it got me right away. And ever since I've loved that song. And then my third was from my first show, uh, Reba from seven eight two thousand. So, um, which I wish I could get a good copy of that. I know it's out there. Might have to do some digging, but it's not on life. How yeah. cool would it be? Like I, I'm, I'm secretly jealous of when like they post the nerd a movie and someone's like, "All right, my first show." I'm like, son of a bitch. Yes, oh. and they're posting the tickets. That is, they're posting photos of shit they were doing in the parking lot. Like, like, like I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, can't do anything about it, but yeah, oh. yeah. So twenty three, there's a there's a there's a pretty good mix, right? Like I see um, eleven seventeen ninety seven tweezer, one of the most epic openers ever. Punch you in the eye is always great. That objectively has to be the best opening song ever. Tweezer that, or that, that specific tweezer? That specific tw like you eleven take, seven. You take like one of the most well-loved and just awesome fish show or awesome fish song ever written and you open the show with that shit. Yeah. And, and, then, you, and then you kill it, right? It's not like it was like a, you know, the studio version. It was awesome. Yeah. And then the book ended with the reprise. I, I love the tweezer reprise. Like yeah. even though you know it's coming, you know, it, it kills me away. Especially with that pages parts and the piano at the beginning. Bam, 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 bam. Or even Mike's bass block. Bam. Yeah. And one thing I'll say too, I would say most of the dinner and the movies that have been uh, posted include tweezer and the tweez and the tweezer reprise. I would say two thirds of them have that in there. It, it's, somebody it's, has the numbers up, eh? Like somebody, somebody oh, yeah. On Reddit, yeah, actually is taking statistics. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, looking at your top three here. So Ch Chalk Dust, in my opinion, the greatest opening song ever, 720, yeah. 1999, your first show. Yeah. Um, recently uh, uh the evening song from 12 2019 and that was a more of a your own vibe and where you were in that moment that made you kind of feel that way yeah. um and then uh, acdc bag from december 7th 97 which was also our opener last year um that's just an awesome show man it segues into psycho killer like it's just an incredible first set yeah you had quite a few upvotes on that one too so that's great um this one I'm not surprised with water from Cypress Creek, right? And that um, I loved what he said, man. I'm like, I gotta listen to this. Yeah, and everyone goes nuts with the Everglades line. It's so cool. Ever since that show, 
right? It's, uh, yeah, it's great. And, and, and those are the moments that I love, right? Coming back to when, you know, what I just said about possum, like when I, if I was a new fan joining it now and I heard them cheer at that part, I'd, I'd be like, what, why? I'd want to know. I'd want to go and find out what is going on in that moment. Why do people love that line so much? Uh, it's great. Uh, what else is in here that's worth mentioning? Um, you sexy thing. Uh, Tweepreeze from Alpharetta 2018. Uh, Soul Shakedown Party. Curtain With. Yeah, 7, 722 18 of the Gorge. Curtain With is an opener. I mean, it's, it isn't played that frequently to begin with, let alone to kick off a show. Like, I... I yeah, I mean, you could go home after that and feel good. Um, <laughs> my friend, my friend, 1029.94. My friend, my friend, 1029.94. And my friend, my friend, 1029.94. Uh, great one. Great one. First tube, kicked off the fall tour last year, which was great. You know, Karina, you know, dude, you know um, you're reading these, right? And you read responses like that. And it's so cool, man. I would love to know. I would love to know what, you know, like the story behind how that became, like how that meant so much to that person, right? Like, cause it's, it's not like, it's, it's just interesting to hear. So now, now like on Fish Radio, there's crowd control, right? So you get to hear people's stories of like, you know, how they got the tickets and how they got there. Like, it's just, you know, it, it, it's not as simple as, it's never as simple as, oh, we bought the tickets and we showed up. There's always, it seems like there's always shit that happens before a fish show. And then yeah. something during the show just makes some magic. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and, you know, it's what makes the live event and it's got to come back. I mean, it's, uh, it's been, it's okay. been over, it's been six months, nearly seven months since the last shows. And yeah, we're definitely in need of more. So um yeah, a lot of a lot of really good posts in here. Like I, I want to go back and listen to every single one of these. There's another chalk dust torture, punch you in the eye, very, very common one. Llama from '94, another punch you in the eye. First tube, constantly called out. Um, Wilson, Wilson's a good one from 12:30, 2019. Uh, was pretty much the best moment of my life. The one from '94, awesome too, and the symmetry slash poetry, just so cool. 25 years exactly later to the day, same opener. You prefer like. A more rocket opener or a more like chill like soul shakedown party me personally yeah i like so listeners won't be able to see it but uh when i hear an opener i want to do this i'm like yes like i want to i want to kick it off with a bang right like when we uh when, when you were here and we were watching clipper ball and chalk dust started started i saw you kind of do that and that's exactly what i want to feel right like i you know it, it's look if you're at a show and a, a more chill tune comes on, it's, it's great. It gets you in the vibe right away. It's fish, but yeah. I want to be, I want to be shot out of a cannon, maybe more so for set two openers. And I think I, I think we're going to see more of that, that the people want to get punched in the eye. Like it's, isn't it, isn't it funny how, um, there's just a, a completely different expectation for set two than for mm. set one. Yeah. You know, because I know a question you're going to ask. I don't want to spoil it. Well, by the time people are listening to this, it'll already be up. But it's just interesting how, like, there's just a complete different expectation. Yeah. Well, what's your expectation of set two? More jams. More type two. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Which, which is what happens, like, most of the time. Right? right. So, like, I'm good with, like, for set two. Like, I don't know, man. I kind of want to hear, like, a love tweezer as, like, a mm -hmm. set two. I love cross-eyed and painless. Yeah. 
Mercury's been one that they played quite a quite a bit of the last few years too that I like, but it's not high energy. But I just love that tune; it gets going. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see it, how different that's going to be. Um, I will say there is a really, really, really common uh, thread of um, 1.0 songs. See very little, like no, there's no 2.0 called out here, and I don't think there's really any 3.0. Like it's all it's all old stuff. So. Not a surprise, but interesting to know. I, I, I had a 3.0. Yeah. Right? Even songs 2.0. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Um, I'll kind of wrap it up with this one person I thought was funny. Their top three were Don't Drink the Water, Two Step, and Warehouse, which are some of Dave's most famous songs. So I thought it was great. <laughs> Somebody the comment, oh, shit, Dave, Dave Matthews is invading. Quick, punch anyone you see wearing a fleece vest before it's too late. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. It's funny being very, very, very caught up in the Dave fandom years ago, and then not that I'm out of it. I just have a different perspective now. And yeah, it's such a such a punching bag gets made fun of all the time. Yet oh, anyone would, yeah. Oh, buddy, our friend laughed at us for having a fish podcast. So there's that. <laughs> okay, uh, it's all good. So last thing before you wrap up, I just want to sort of hype up and preview the this coming weekend. So uh, uh, we're up first day of September today, Labor Day weekend is coming up and um, first deviation for dinner and a movie instead of the typical Tuesday night, there won't be one tonight. There's going to be a Friday, Saturday and Sunday show. So are you going to be able to watch one, two, all three? What does that look like for you? Uh, I will be able to watch Friday night for sure. And then uh, Rochelle's visiting her friends. Uh, so I'm taking the boys to visit, uh, to play. Uh, we're staying at our friend's house in Blenheim. So I won't, I won't, I can't watch Saturday and Sunday, but I can definitely watch Friday. Yeah, I think I'll be definitely Saturday for sure, for sure, hundred percent. Probably Friday night. I got to work early Saturday morning, but either way, hopefully, hopefully they'll stay up for a few days after, right? And we can kind of uh, stream them. But yeah, really, really excited. There's um, what 20, 2015, I want to say is one of the shows. Twenty twelve. Jeez, I should I should know this. I never look at it. It's funny. <clears throat> I just see the announcement. Yeah, you don't like to know. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, cool. Like, okay, okay, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, done. It doesn't matter to me. You know, like right. they're all they're all gonna be excellent. Yeah, I don't know if I've told you this, and um, so on Live Fish, I I I download all the songs to go offline so that they're on my phone rather than streaming them, just to sort of right. save my data. You know what I do when I because I don't want to know, right? I want every song to be a surprise. I don't want to know what's next. When I go to download, I take my left hand and I have to cover up part of the screen so that I don't see what's going on. And I'll hit download and I'll kind of put the phone and I'll look away so that it is a legit uh, surprise and I get and I get excited when I hear those songs that I love. So um, yeah, really, really exciting. So um, the other thing we gotta do in the next week, we gotta listen to Mike and Leo's new album. I didn't get a chance because I was listening to All the Dead over the past week. So I'll make a point of make sure, making sure that I listen to that. We can talk about that next week for sure. Okay. Sounds good, buddy. Cool beans. All right, man. We'll have a great week. Happy listening. And as always, thanks to anybody who took the time to listen to us. Have a great day. All two of you. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Bye, buddy. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. It helps us a lot. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram. Thank you for listening and stay safe.